You're above even the video game podcast. I hereby award you the title of Insert Credit Podcast. This is episode 50, and I'm your host, Alex Jaffe. Joining me this week, Windjammer, Frank Zafaldi. That's me, I get the best game. Wavejammer, Tim Rogers. Uh, That's me, I've never played Wavejammers. Umjammer, Brandon Sheffield. That's not so good. And our special guest this week, Spacejammer, Chris Plant. I like Strawberry Jammer. Sure. Okay. I got the best one. I was right. I predicted correctly that I'd have the best one. There, there aren't any better jammers than than wind jammers. I'm right. Yeah, I think Jaffe purposely called Frank wind jammer because he knows that Brandon likes wind jammers. Yeah, that would make sense. Specifically, yes. Uh, so, in case you haven't heard this show before, uh, Mr. Plant, uh, what we do is uh, it is we ha- plant, right? It's plant. Yeah, plant. it's just plant. Like a just plant. All yeah, right. yeah. just plant. But but plant is is actually even almost more insulting sounding than planty because it doesn't contain his actual name inside of it. Yeah. Remember when Stephen Totillo was on this show and Jaffe Googled how to pronounce his name and then called him Stephen Totillo anyway? <laughs> yes, I remember yes. that. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was really good. I think to this day he probably doesn't realize that was a joke. <laughs> and how do you even approach a guy and explain that joke to him <laughs> so how, how this goes if you haven't heard this before is I introduce a topic we discuss it for six minutes then I sound a uh, charming little doorbell sound and we, then we uh, wrap it up with a lightning round yeah so I guess that's where you get electrocuted yeah yeah got it exactly if, if you didn't do well enough in the previous round <laughs> our first topic for the evening the latest weird Xbox news concerns Don Matrick leaving Microsoft to become CEO of Zynga. How will the social games giant evolve in the hands of the man behind the Xbox One? I'd like to address this first. Uh, I just want to say that uh, if, if he leaves to work for a third company that sucks, then we can say that he, uh, he pulled a hat trick. Ah. The, the mm. headlines say that Matrick had a, a hat trick. Yeah, but no video game sites have clever that's a, headlines. That's so. a hockey term. <laughs> that's never going to work. Yeah, um, so the the question is, sorry, the, the actual question is what? I the wasn't even listening is, to the question because yeah. I was just uh, thinking How will Zynga joke. be affected by uh, the oh. man behind the Xbox One? Taking well, they, they now have an actual strategist at the head, so that could be interesting. Maybe they'll actually you know do things that increase their uh, their market share. Possibly. And their stock prices, I mean. Well, they're, they're looking into that real money trading, right? They uh, were. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if Matrix's about that, but that's definitely what they were, they were uh, uh, really pushing for as of late. Well, I mean, I don't think he's just going to, as a new CEO, be turning the whole ship around. Uh, have, have you guys ever noticed that Matrix, uh, every photo of him, it looks like he's, his face looks like he's taken a leak? Well, the he's thing like, is, the thing is, he's a heat pump. If you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you I don't know if you're aware of this term. That's a reference to something we talked about before the show started. Did you notice that in every photo of him, he looks like Mark Pincus? 
Oh man, the one where they've got the same face. The the photo of them standing in the Zynga, the LED light hall. And they're both both kind of like vaguely ferret-like. I'd say he's Mark Finkus 10 years from now, but do we really expect Mark Finkus to live for another 10 years? Do we really expect Mark Finkus to grow another two feet in height? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know, like, Don, made, Don Matrick is like a billionaire. I, I had no idea how much money this man has. He's married to the heir of basically Canadian telecom, like all mm-hmm. of it. And he wow. has the, I mean, that's like all the Canadian TV. His house, I, I don't know if you can, if there's any way to drop it in here, but I'll add it here. Um... It is a co- it is a castle. He actually owns a castle. So my theory is oh yeah, there it is. Hey, that's not he bad. He's got a tennis court. Probably he has, has three tennis courts. Probably has every season of Royal Canadian Air. He has a grass court, uh, a clay court, and oh, yeah. uh, a concrete court. They, oh my god! He Just is like the French Great Gatsby. Like he has. Wait, the, are, are, the, are those are the those Great Gatsby? Are both ah. of those castles his? Does he have two castles? I imagine well, the other one is storage. Frank, if you have one castle, why not have two? Right? I, I agree. Yeah. It, in this real estate market, if you can afford one castle, you can, you definitely can afford two. Afford yeah, two. totally. It's, the other one's the servant's castle. Oh, I see. Yeah. That poor yeah, he, he flew in on a private jet to Microsoft, is my understanding. Yeah. Every day? I don't no, know if he worked on every the rare day. Occasion, he had to. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the average CEO like work week? About eight hours. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. And I'll then if you, you mess up, that... if you mess up and upset people, then you just get another job where you make more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the average CEO. I think he probably worked about four hours a week. Like being dead serious, he probably was. Uh, I was on site. Being good at a CEO, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, didn't wasn't there just that report released where it was like. Bobby Kotick made like a gajillion dollars and his company went down 16% in stock over the mm-hmm. year. Like, you don't have to be good. You just have to be the CEO. You just, you just have to get, get there. there. Yeah. You just yeah. gotta get there. And have you a collection you don't of have to, paintings. You don't have to skydive off the top of Mount Everest. You just have to get up there. That's all. <laughs> and, and then you get like video game tenure for the rest of your life. Oh, man. Yeah, you get, you get your good. name on yeah, And so, you're like, CEO. Like, where's your castle? Right here. Look how high those ceilings are. That's pretty high. That's oh, pretty high. So I, I don't really think one foot ceilings. For our audio listeners, the okay. ceilings are really high. They're really. I, you really know high. what? I'm I'm kind of kind of interested in talking about the topic. I don't know about you guys. You want to go for it, man? Break uh, it off. But uh, I, I really don't think he's going to be able to just turn the ship around right away and do some no. other stuff. I mean, also, you know, when when you say like the the man responsible for the Xbox One, from what I hear, it's not. I mean, he, he, first of all, he didn't build it by himself. What? Uh, I, I'd say that Mark Cerny is much more resp- uh, responsible for the PlayStation 4 than Don Matrick is responsible for the Xbox One. That's uh, true, yeah. Because Mark Cerny actually made a plan and executed it, whereas this was uh, a Microsoft group think thing where a whole bunch of people that had just finished uh, making Windows 8 were like, hey... Uh, we're free now, so we can add all of our awesome expertise to uh, the Xbox One. And so those are all the decisions that they made that then Microsoft had to reverse. So I don't, I don't know. I think that um, Don Matrick is good at being a charismatic head of things, but um, I don't. I mean, I can't imagine what he's really going to do aside from, you know, trying make to make that face. Yeah, what? he'll make that face. Yeah, he'll he'll make that developers, developers, developers face. So, I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining exactly what he 
did at Microsoft even because I don't know when people are that in in a position that high I just have a hard time imagining them actually working. Well, he gave a lot of presentations and he, he did, did a lot of uh, he did a lot of kind of outreach and stuff. And, and I don't you know, mean to he... discredit him as a person either because he's you know he's done a lot of cool stuff, but like I just don't imagine that he creatively had much of an impact. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Singa has a board, I'm pretty yep. sure. And oh, they sure do. And they're influencing decisions. And it's not going to be like Don Matrick is going to say, okay, you know what, from now on, JRPGs. That's what we're doing. Of course not, no. But, I mean, Zynga's been a company where Pincus has just been in charge unchecked this whole time and obviously has not been doing what's best for the company. Yeah, more like Stinkus. Oh, no. oh, I like that. I don't think it could be any worse than Microsoft because everything I hear from everyone who works there is Xbox is the one thing that's profitable and successful yeah. and that people like, so every other division wants to get their hands in it, which is a problem when my, like the Xbox itself is composed of many minor divisions. And with the Xbox One, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like the device that everyone got their little hands into and no one has any clue what the hell it is. Yeah, um, well, you know, you know uh, that actually kind of might speak to why he would want to m- go there. Yeah. Because, like, if Mark Pincus was doing stuff unchecked, he might be like, man, I can actually do something at this company instead of having a million divisions tell me what to do. Also, if Zynga's whole, you know, betting online thing works, that's crazy. I mean, the amount of money, if they could ever get the laws to change, it is a gajillion-dollar company. It's yeah. just a matter of lobbying. And someone who is that high up at Microsoft, I'm sure he knows a thing or two about lobbying. Yep, so maybe that's the one. Topic number two. Yes. Which Nintendo 64 game best utilized the Z-Trigger? <laughs> wow. Uh, hmm. I think uh, definitely the answer is GoldenEye 64 yeah. if you were playing with, with the two, two controllers, controllers yeah. which was actually like the greatest thing. Uh, it was one of the best video game control experiences I've ever had. Because you you use the left controller to move your guy and the right controller to aim. And, uh, well, it was like playing a modern FPS, but it was uh, was two controllers instead of one. Yeah, it's like it's a modern FPS if you could like your controller in half. Yeah. Yeah. It's like who wants to have their hands together like this? That's Not James Bond. (laughs) James Bond wouldn't want to play a video game like that. Um, that is exactly my answer. Is so, it? Yes. Hmm. I, I think Super Mario 64 was pretty good, too, uh, making it be the duck button. Mm-hmm. In fact, the controller was apparently conceived for that purpose, to uh, to have a, a kind of a button down there, like under the controller that you do something with. It's like a shoulder button, but it's also under the controller. So it's kind of like the rear touch on the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. It's in a really neat position that no video game controller button has since then ever really been in. So, yeah, I actually like. I'm a, I'm a fan of that button a lot, and that's that, my story. And that long <laughs> jump was real tasty. Yeah, the long jump in Super Mario 64 was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brandon answers? has ever played any N64 games, have you? Well, that was why I kind of. Said, "Oh man," and decided to stop talking. Um, <laughs> no, I did. I did play. Um, I played Goldeneye, and I played. Um, 
What's it called? Mischief Makers, briefly? Mischief Makers is okay. That's all I played. The end. So, I, I yeah, I have I have zero... I almost have negative input into this, so I'm going to let y'all take it. you played Sin and Punishment it. before, haven't you? Oh, I played Sin and Punishment, yeah. Sin and Punishment's pretty good because it's, it's a trigger in Sin and Punishment. Yeah. Or, depending on how you're holding... But it's not it. a very exciting usage, a trigger. Or it's not a trigger. It's a... Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff you do with that thing. I like Sin and Punishment a lot. It's alright. Have you played Sin and Punishment, Frank? Uh, no, I haven't played the first one yet. Uh-huh. It's great. That's so sad. Everyone play it. Okay. I mean, that's I'll just me. That's, that's just what I think. That's uh, that's an official Ouya app, right? I, I, is it? An official Ouya app, is it? <laughs> I don't know. They, they like to tweet about the Nintendo stuff, so do they? <laughs> do you guys not see that? What do you mean? What, what was? What's that a joke about? Is that a oh, joke? um, so someone on Twitter was like, you know, some some Ouya fan. You you saw this, right, Chris Plant? No. Oh, some some Ouya fan tweeted like, "Hey, just a reminder, Ouya is really cool. Check this out." And there's a picture of Super Mario Brothers on TV, and then the Ouya uh, Twitter account retweeted that. Oh. oh. Great! Whoa, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's um, amazing. They're not even I've, winking anymore. No, they they deleted the tweet later. But um, yes, that, 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 that was that was the background honest. necessary for that joke I just made. I would rather Nintendo. play emulated Nintendo games on my MacBook Air keyboard than with that Ouya controller. You know, I'd rather yeah. play it on an Ouya with a PS3 controller. Yeah, but you know, the no one's gonna do that. I mean, regular people that that may or may not buy a new they're not going to be like, yeah, I can plug a PS3 controller into this. They're just going to yeah, use the default thing and and probably and be that's fine with why it. disaster. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That PlayStation emulator is front and center and has been ever since I've turned on my Ouya. Kind of begging to try it. There's a that's PlayStation working. emulator. I didn't that's even know about any of this not stuff. Not that it works at all. Oh, it doesn't. Uh, it didn't run Bushido Blade. I can say oh. that. Well, that's pretty stupid. If it's you pretty ask much me. the only reason to have it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would play a Bushido Blade like a good one again if they made another one like that, like the first one. And that's the best use of the Z trigger. <laughs> All right, we <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't we talked about the Kengo games before, Brandon? Oh. Have Kengo we? Kengo is pretty close to Bushido Blade. Yeah, except for not as fun. It's not as fun, but it's sort of better, but only for people who are weird. Well, Chris, I mean, you may not have listened to this podcast before, but I don't enjoy fun, so it's entirely possible that I would like Ken Go better. Well, yeah, I get told that a lot, too, so... <laughs> but you mm, like right. Peter Blade and you don't like fun, we have a lot in common. <laughs> fun, yeah. fun sucks a lot. What was that? Three. Somebody at the door? Me, me and Planty just upped the ante. I don't know if you yeah. knew that. <laughs> nice. Topic number three is at the door. Topic which, number three. Which pre-existing IP would be the best fit for a video game adaptation by the Civilization team? So wait, it's is it actually pronounced pre-existing or is it pre-existing? Pre-existing. I've, I've heard it both ways. Pre-existing. It depends on how you pronounce the X. It could be pre-existing. Pre-existing. Pre-existing, yeah, I think. Yeah, I well, think if, if, if the, the, the hyphen is silent. This is actually what our podcast is about, Chris. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm having a good time. So uh, some kind of an IP, what gets 
some some interesting things in it. I mean, civilization is great because it doesn't need an IP. It's just like, hey, you remember stuff that happened? Right. It's uh, IP. It's an IP freely, if you will. Ah, I was gonna make that joke. Mm. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, but that's pretty good. Man, I I mean, I feel like it doesn't really need one, but I would play like I would play some kind of a HP Lovecraft universe civilization because why the heck not? I would play I would play Sid Meier's Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> there you go, Sid Meier's Roller Coaster Tycoon. But uh, did you guys uh, ever just... Body Harvest? Say Body that again. Harvest. Body Harvest. It was a Nintendo 64 game. I like that game a lot. So oh, yeah, that's a good use of the Z trigger. It was the game that was before Grand Theft Auto, uh, right. made by DMA Design, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Games, yeah. Uh, but it took place in like I think it was. And all these different time periods across the globe. So it's like Greece, Spain, I think Canada, uh, and then the, the, like, you're calling those time periods Greece. Well, no, no. Spain, well, there, there were, you know, the great times of the world. What is the Greece what time. is what is the fun, memorable time period of Canadian history? I think that was maybe modern day, but Greece was like like the forties yeah. or something. But it's all these different periods. But uh, meanwhile, Canada aliens are attacking way. too. Okay, sorry. Wait, no, no. Canada, there was a good plant joke if you want to make it, because... No, I, I, I didn't. I was just saying Canada, w- Canada would be your healer because of their free health care. That's all. <laughs> Terrible joke. Keep going. They have extra E's at the end of all their words. Nice. Um, see, that's me. Um, Canadian. Canadian. Uh, but there's aliens attacking the whole time, and that's what I've always wanted from my Civilization game was an impending, you know, doom scenario. Mm. It all feels kind of like lockdown on Earth, but, you know, make it bigger. Make it spore. Uh, send it to space, maybe Alpha Centauri. Oh, I knew that was coming. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so are, uh, we, are we saying that... I thought it was non-game IP. Yeah, it's a non-game IP. Oh, oh I heard game yeah. IP. I heard, yeah. Uh, well, actually, he didn't say non-game. He just said an existing IP. Because I said didn't. a pre-existing IP. Yeah, you uh, didn't, you didn't say... I, did, I didn't specify, but... You did not I specify at all. Hmm, okay. Um, March of the Penguins, a documentary. Oh. Huh. Yeah, no. Yeah. Have you guys ever <laughs> seen that? It's horrifying. It's a little horrifying, yeah. It's really, really depressing. It's got a lot of sad penguins in it, yeah. So wait, what 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 are we considering the the civilization team? Cuz didn't isn't that the guys who You mean the guys who made the new XCOM? Uh, yeah, because I mean that, that, that was that's the first the thing. civilization team. Yeah, do you just uh, mean Fear Axis? Is that yes, all that's you mean? Pretty, that's okay. pretty much what I mean, yes. Fear Axis? Fear Axis. Hmm. Fire axes, as they're often uh, called. In I mean, because I would rather they make another XCOM-style game than Civilization, personally. I mean, you're, well, you're in luck, then. Wee! Uh, so, we've got you're in luck, and we've got IPs. Are these, are these uh, the kinds of jokes nice. that we're going to make now? <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, I'm having, I'm having a little trouble with that, I will admit. How about a... I mean, I would suggest, like, a... I feel like all the stuff is done to be- to death, like warring states periods in China and uh, and and uh, you know all the Nobunaga stuff in Japan. They got all that stuff pretty well sewed up. So um, I guess Super Mario Brothers. I was gonna say <laughs> Superman. How would you do that? How would, Superman how would, you would Super be good. Oh, yeah. Superman. Well, I, I want I someone. Like I want a, someone to make a good Superman game. So why not them? Could be a good, like a Superman strategy game. Yeah. 
Well, like your <laughs> like you can't, you can't save everybody, but you can save. Uh, you choose how see how many people you can save. As Wait, here's fans. here's here's probably what I want. Like I I uh, I like these tactics games a whole bunch, and I feel like it would be neat to have one that was not fantasy based, like a disaster report of strategy tactics games where you've got to try to save people and like you're ju- you're you're a group of firemen and survivors and such, and uh, mm-hmm. and and you've got to save people in a changing environment and also save yourselves and that sort of thing. That'd be pretty cool. I would play that. Yeah. That's not an IP, but it, I'm just I'm just trying to stretch this. To... Deep Impact? Deep Impact. There you go. There you I'm gonna, go. I'm going to take that as an alley-oop. I want a saving game, an adaptation of the master. 1950s, you are the beginning force of a religious group, and oh, you man. have to spread it across the world. Yeah, that sounds good. That's Sid a... Meier's the master. Oh, yeah, man. I'd play that. I'd play it, that also. It could be would, like. Would Sid Meier be involved though? Do we get him as well? Why not? Yeah, it, it, it could heart. be like that pandemic game, except with a religion instead of. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd I, sort I, of I, want to play like Sid Meier's Spider-Man though. <laughs> Sid Meier's Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> with an exclamation mark afterwards, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what What would that be? We could call it the amazing Sid Meier's Spider-Man. <laughs> because Sid Meier is the amazing one. Yeah. Sid yeah. Meier's Amazing the Spider-Man. The amazing Sid Meier's Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> I want to play Sid Meier's David Crane. All right. Would you rather play, would you rather play <sighs> a thousand hours of Fire Emblem or a thousand hours of Advance Wars? Whoa! Ooh. Speaking well, of tactics... I, I like the Advance Wars because uh, you can make your own maps. And me and my friend once, this is a true story, we were on an airplane together for 14 hours, and then we we had to fly back to the place we were flying from, which was another 14 hours. And all we did, we had like a sock full of AA batteries, and <laughs> we played the same uh, Advance Wars map for literally 28 hours. And neither of us uh, was victorious. We We were like... Uh, he's a good friend of mine still. He, we're, he's kind of an idiot savant at strategy games, and I guess so am I. So we had a really good time playing that Advance Wars map that I had created for 28, literally the whole duration of being in the airplane. Um, Tim, I think it's actually pronounced idiot savanti. Idiot savanti. <laughs> yeah, savanti. That's how that's savanti. pronounced. Chris Plenty, idiot. I, I, you know, I think I agree with you, Tim. Like, so my favorite, my <laughs> the first, the first game that got me into tactics games was Nectaris, which was a Famicom Wars clone, not clone, mm-hmm. but you know, you know how Hudson used to do when they would say, "Ah, oh, here's a popular Nintendo or Sega thing. We're going to make our version of it that's different." Um, and so. Uh, I would say Advance Wars is the one for me. Plus, I kind of like, I kind of like caring less about my units and more about the strategy. Like, not, not caring whether my unit. I don't, I don't want to. If if I have a personal attachment to them, then it's like, well, I died. Time to start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you were playing that XCOM, yeah. Yeah, I was playing that XCOM, and and people died, and I was like, well, like I I had Did a terrible. Did you cry a lot? I made a terrible idea where I named one of the characters after a friend who actually died in real life. Oh, dear. And, and I was like, well, oh, she can that. never, ever die now in this game. 
because I'm an idiot. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 a tip for all you. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> don't name. <laughs> Mama, don't, don't name your video game protagonists after dead friends. I just, I, right. I honestly, my to be perfectly done. honest, name my video game characters just after words that yeah. come up in my head. No, usually I do my, too, but I, it, there was a suggestion, like that Steve Curran fella, he was like, you're going to have a whole lot more fun if you name it after your real friends and then you care if they die. And I was like, I'm going to try that. And then I, I don't know, I think I probably had less fun. the thing to do in the XCOM games. Uh, so I just want to say that I played my whole Mass Effect games as uh, my character's name was Tahandra Shepard, like T apostrophe Honda. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. I'm pretty good. I came up with that off the top of my head. Yeah. On a previous podcast, I talked about how I always name my characters after Sam Beckett and pretend every video game is a Quantum Leap sequel. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. Pretty good. I, yeah, I, I, I remember that. And... Uh, being reminded of that is uh, a fun thing to yeah. do. I'm I'm playing through uh, SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash right now, and my character name is Dazzle. So there you go. <laughs> I usually name my characters internet acronyms like OMG and WTF because it makes some of the dialogue, especially in RPGs, really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to take it a little more seriously than that, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, as so I'm I'm agreeing with Tim and siding on the Advance Wars side of things, but there's one caveat, which is that it can't have that level in the, the what is it, um, it's, it's not Days of Ruin, but the, maybe it is Days of Ruin, what's, what's the, what was the last DS one called? Advance Wars? Uh, Smash Brothers? <laughs> it was something like D of it, S. It was, it was a D and an S, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Days of Sorrow? Oh, it's not Days of Sorrow. It, no, that, that's that's that's, that's what Gatsby happened Punch. to the series. They got so dark all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Games. But there was this there was this one um, this one part that I couldn't get. Past yeah, Days of Ruin. Days of, oh, it was Days of Ruin. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, where they they just had bombers bombing the middle of the screen all the time, and the enemy was really fortified all around the other sides of it. And, you know, I'm not ter- too terrible at that game. I've beaten a bunch of them and I just could not get past that level. And then I looked on the internet and a whole lot of people were having the same problem as me. So, uh, it's possible that I'm stupid, but also so are a lot of other people. So I don't want that level. I don't want to play that level for a You don't want to play an Advance Wars game that has that level that you couldn't beat. Yes, that's right. Okay, because, I don't know, have you ever, this is, you know, not trying to disparage your strategy game technicality abilities, uh, have you yeah. ever actually beaten an entire Advance Wars game? Be uh, honest. Yes. Yes. Oh, you have? Which one? It was the, uh, the first GBA one. Oh, yeah, that one was, uh, yeah, I remember that one. I think that one was not as hard. Yeah, Advance Wars 2 was actually, to be honest, the one that I, I, I preferred, and I made, that was the one that we made our our unfinishable level in. It was like gridlock. I can't even tell you who was winning by the end of this match. We never finished it. It's actually still uh, saved on my cartridge. I but uh, I, I've played most of the Fire Emblem games, and I've enjoyed most of them. Uh, and I would still... Uh, I, do you remember that talk that Will Wright gave at GDC where he said the only video game he's played for the last five years is Advance Wars? Do you remember that? Oh uh, no, I didn't. I was which which talk was that? I mean, he had the he it was had one his, of the like, big ones. He did. It, was it? 
I saw the mule postmortem, but not. Um... Uh, he. It was just a talk that he gave huh. in like 2010. Jesus yeah, it was, he, he gave that keynote, right? Where, yeah, the keynote, where, yeah. Where the point was that you could do a lot just with words and to create worlds in uh, people's heads. Yeah, right. like, yeah. I wish I could give a talk like that at GDC. It would be so good. I mean, and nobody would have any idea what was up, but because I'm not Will Wright, people wouldn't like it. It would be about as good as his, though. The end. I'd watch it, I guess. Oh, that's nice. Next but you topic. probably wouldn't have a Russian space minute. So no. wait, are we done with that one? Is the yep. answer unanimously Advance Wars then? Yes. Yeah, why not? Bruce Planty, you got any... Uh, any... Uh, I, I would probably play Animal Crossing for 100 hours. That's no, not wouldn't. an We're option. We're saying 1,000 hours. Also a thousand. Yeah, this is 1,000. And you only have one of these two choices. Uh, probably Fire Emblem. I gotta love that drama. Gotta get my soaps. But yeah, what right. if... <laughs> is they it, got no feet, it, though, those guys. The thing is, I would play a hypothetical... Uh, Fire Emblem game that infinitely generated infinite random soaps, but it seems like they don't really accommodate that. I think I'd play like a chess master game if I. In that new threes one. Oh, yeah. I think it's Which time game for would topic. you play a thousand hours of checkers or chess? Think think fast, everybody. Ch- Ch- Cheskers. Chess. Cheskers. Did Cheskers. you say Cheskers, Brandon? That's yeah, not a real game. Yeah, Albert Cheskers. Next topic. Okay. Yeah. Next topic. Yeah. Valve was recently accused of launching an ARG to promote the release of Half-Life 3. What? Uh, if you actually were putting together such a campaign on Valve's behalf, how would you run it? <laughs> I would just take a whole bunch of uh, Half-Life fans and I would like put them into a darkened room and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then I would just seep the gas in. Wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't Half-Life 3... Just life 1.5. <laughs> I suppose it is. Yes. There you go. So yeah, are we past it's... that now? No, that's why it's been taking so long to create. You know how hard it is to make 1.5 of all of pr- life. When are we ever gonna have life 1.5? When is like is that what happens when the new iPhone comes out? <laughs> it's life and a half. That's that was another laugh track moment that you missed there. <laughs> it's okay. Don't do it now. Okay. Okay. Too late. Too late. I'll try and make another one in right. a couple of minutes. Oh man, how would how would how would you do it? Well, I mean, pretty much anything that Valve does that's mysterious is a fun time for them. I think I would I would do something like introduce some mysterious hats into Team Fortress 2 and then immediately withdraw them within like 5 seconds. And then still at least probably 200 people would see it and one of them would post, would get a screen grab and put it on Reddit and then everyone would be like, "Oh my god, and then, uh, and then I don't know. I don't know. Someone else take it from there. Uh, I'd want to do a variation of that. Like, put you know, like orange boxes on sale today. Put clues for Half Life Three in Half Life Two. But the only people who see it are the people who don't know that much about Half Life and don't really <laughs> care a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, it kind of slowly leaks out, and everybody's like, no, you're misunderstanding. That's not what happened at all. Or just put Half Life Three out in the new version of Orange Box and don't tell anyone. That would be really funny. <laughs> That's not like really that. an ARG, though. That's just releasing a game without... Well, it, That's it, an ARG. It's an ARG. Because <laughs> you're releasing a game. Yeah, it's a red-green. Red and green. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's take it from uh, Brandon's hat idea. Wait, actually, so, I, yeah. I just had another, another thought, which right. would be... Uh-oh. Uh, it would be kind of fun to construct an ARG in such a way that the work people have to do to figure it out is actually 
uh, designing and developing Half-Life 3. <laughs> yeah, and by sure. the end of completing all of these tasks, they've, they've, they're like, I just, I just need to make 5,000 more textures. And then they're going to tell me more about Half-Life 3. Well, that's a joke, but it's also, like, kind of where Valve's going. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a little bit profound. Well, so well, it's like... okay. I guess I'm the best. Yeah. Well, that's that then. So, so the, the ARG is they release the design document of Half-Life 3 and uh, make the tools free and say, well, here you, you go. You now have to make the game. That's actually pretty good because that's kind of like what, what Beck did with that sheet music. Do you guys remember that? No, I do not. Yes, I know what you're talking about. It was really cool. Beck released a book of sheet music that he then told people that he would not record the songs, but they could if they wanted to. And that's the end. Sounds like a great story. Yeah, so a, lot of people, really, a lot of people perform again. that, you know, that album that he's never recorded, which is, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, yeah, I, I sure I haven't ever idea. listened to anything related to it because I don't care. Nope. But that's just the idea is pretty nice, I guess. So I guess that would make Brandon's hypothetical valve the that of video games. <laughs> I put right. the clues in a game that no one really plays anymore. Like, is anyone actually going to play Duke Nukem Forever ever again? Duke Nukem Forever, huh? I've, yeah. I've considered playing Duke Nukem Forever one more time because I feel like there's, there's some uh, unmined territory in terms of the crazy sequence of all of the raped women with uh, aliens exploding out of their body while moaning in pleasure occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, like, I feel like, I feel like we should have focused on that a little more because it was, it was so insane. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think we should consider playing the original Duke Nukem forever. Hey, that's a good idea. Oh. That's mm. not a very good game, though. I'm actually waiting for Duke Nukem 5 ever. Because <laughs> I figure it's already, you know, forever's been out so long. Yeah. That I, I might as well wait for the next one. Uh, just give it another 12 years or so. If they announced the Duke Nukem 5 ever, that would be the best. It Can would. I that change my Steam? I, I have a new answer for the ARG. Okay. All right. just, yeah. It's just a really shallow Zynga-ish arg where they have a bar uh, on the top of Steam and it says, when this gets to $3 billion, we'll give you Half-Life 3. <laughs> That's like not even an arg. That's an arg? Yeah, there's a game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because, because randomly uh, your money doesn't count towards that goal. So you have to work together to figure out when those times are. How about instead of money, instead of money, you have to, uh, uh, they, you do a lot of research into the Minecraft, and uh, you figure out, like, if people can build a tower of X height or whatever, then uh, tower they'll, they'll release. Yeah, like, yeah. If, if people can get together in Minecraft to build something X number of blocks wide and Y number of blocks tall, then they actually release. reach Minecraft heaven. That sounds like something Keita Takahashi would come up with. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm combining the Zynga and the Keita Takahashi. All right. I think that I think that's good enough to keep on going. Okay. Our All next right. our next we question won't stop. All right. Our next question comes from a listener. Oh and God. Yeah. I hate this. I Why thought, are there I thought we weren't going to let them to have any say in anything anymore. Well, I, I like to let them in a little. 
They, they, yeah. they, they have been so loyal and forgiving of our terrible sound quality. What a bunch of noobs. It's, it's your terrible sound quality. Yeah, and so my, that's why you're yeah, giving sure. them the... Exactly. Uh, Andrew Vandenbosch asks, What makes Kavya so great? What? Why would somebody ask that? He, he doesn't get it. Okay, well, it is something that we've spent about half of our podcasts explaining. Yeah. Well, I don't think... I think it's something that we've always uh, explained, explained a bunch. like, on the side. Like, it's nothing <laughs> we've ever addressed head-on. Uh, it's true. It's true that we've only spent several hours talking about it, but not as a topic. So uh, no, that think, makes no, it less described. What I mean is we talk about specific games Kavya has released. I don't think we've ever really addressed Kavya's modus operandi. Man, I tell you what, if people cannot extrapolate from there, from us talking about their games why we like them. I mean, there's nothing that great that was that great about the company. Pretty much all we liked about them was the games that they made, and we've yeah, explained like why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll say, like, for me, um, they make games that have neat ideas that are imperfect but have a lot of atmosphere and, and, uh, and kind of... Uh, innovation is a dumb word, but um, they have some exploration of new new themes and mechanics. So I think I like it because of that kind of attempt toward good atmosphere and uh, and also new mechanics. And that not nobody else has that kind of same vibe. And they get when they get things right, they they do a pretty neat job at it. And when they don't get things right, it's still pretty good. I think their games are the number one impression that I have of their games is that they have a really good use of space. Like the space and the level designs is always really tasty. If I had to give it a word, I'd mm-hmm. say it's really uh there's lots of good verticality and length. You go through a very large geographically uh diverse selection of areas. <laughs> in the beginning of uh, Bullet Witch, for example. Mm-hmm. Bullet one of the neat Witch things is real about, good. Oh, go ahead. One, uh-huh. one of the things about Bullet Witch that I think is neat is, you know, you start out in this this uh, Japanese version of an American suburb, which is, uh, I don't know, it's got a really neat vibe to it and a, and a neat feeling. And they, they, they kind of give you things that are, that have a bit of a raw edge to them, and and you don't often find things like that in video games. Where um, I love well, a raw edge. Yeah, nothing is like hyper polished. It's very. It, yeah. it feel it feels very worked upon. I mean, it's, they they but it doesn't. It they can't. They never have the money. To, right. I I presume it's the money to get yeah. there. I mean, I, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm no expert on it. I, I love Winback, the original Winback. Uh-huh. Yes. How did Winback 2 go to them? What's the story there? Uh, well, Omega Force uh, is the team that made the original Winback, and they were inside Koei at that time. Okay. And the original Winback, if you remember, was on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. And uh, this was before the PS2, obviously, because the PS2 hadn't come out yet. And uh, Omega Force's only big game before that was uh, uh, called Dynasty Warriors on the PS1. It was the one-on-one Romance of the Three Kingdoms fighting game uh, with all of your favorite characters from Chinese history. 
And right. then uh, when Dynasty Warriors 2 came out for the PS2, uh, they kind of ramped up, and all they were doing was Dynasty Warriors from the uh, PS2 on. So yep. they were like, well, we still own this. Who wants to make this? And Cavia uh, had previously made the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex game, which is a very uh, spatially... I don't know what, what words to use. A very spatially sincere uh, third-person shooter. It's very much about the space and the logistics and jumping and climbing and wall yeah. jumping. And it, it there's was, like a whole lot of minutia in it. So because they had those set jumps yeah. and things like that. It, it was a yeah. 3D shooter b- before the era where there were rules established to what a 3D shooter has to be. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a pre-Gears of War third-person shooter. So they had this engine... And they used it to go on to make games such as Dragon Dragoon uh, or Dragon Guard, Dragon Guard 2. And around that time, they were just looking for work. And uh, like Koei was like, "We still own this Winback property, and these these first-person shooter military guy games are starting to get popular. Maybe we could make another one of these." And then Cavia was like, "We could do that in less than six months," and that's what they did. And it's actually pretty good. It's nine ninety nine on the PlayStation Network right now. If uh, you felt like getting yeah. it, if you've it. never played it, yeah. it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the what I think the ultimate charm of Kavya is that they're not afraid to take risks. They come up with a crazy idea and they do it. Uh, it's. Not well, I don't. Re- I don't feel like their ideas are that crazy. I feel. I feel like they're pretty uh, traditional and sensible. They just. They kind of fill in uh, spaces between what other people have done, and right. uh, so take it in a subtly different direction. I think um, ultimately they're they're comfortable. Uh, or the, why are we talking about them in as, this, uh, pre- as if the they exist? Past, yeah, I know. They're they're definitely gone now. Hey, uh, Dragon and it's Guard, all we, we, we still have Dragon Guard three. That, that's not being idea. made by them. So okay, we can pretend. All no, right. we can't. No. <laughs> Me and Brandon can never pretend that. There are a lot of things that I can pretend, but that is not one of them. I'm still in denial. I can't move on to anger in the middle of this show. All right. Uh, Our next question is, uh, which video games best capture each decade of the 20th century? Hmm. Oh, man. Well, for the 40s, that's Citizen Kane. (laughs) <laughs> right, the Citizen Kane of video games, yeah. Um, Whichever game is, yeah. Well, okay, so like, there's nothing for the aughts that I know of. Paperboy? Right. No. What? I don't. Um, it, like we have to go through each decade, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, but well, we, can, we don't have to do them in order. We're capturing the feeling of them. Yeah. It, okay. It's not necessarily the best the, game that was released okay. at that time. Right. Uh, um. So, what do we what do we know about the the 19 aughts? It was the turn of the 20th century. Well, I know everyone that. Was ex- Aut- everyone was excited about... Uh, hey, yeah. what, about um, what about Tulip? I think Tulip actually takes place during the Taisho era, doesn't it? Does it take place during the, uh, the Taisho era, yes. So that's like, it, like 1908 or something like that. I would say that's pretty close. I lived in the town that Tulip is based on uh, for a long time. And uh, yeah, that whole town does feel like kind of a pre-World War One. everything's made out of wood sort yeah. of place. Yeah, where is that, where, where is that town? It's called Minami Senju. Wait, is that like in Japan? Yeah, it's in Tokyo. 
Huh. Man, that's hold where they on. used to have the best vegetarian ramen, but hold, then that whole place hold, got... Hold. They don't have it anymore. I, I'm tired of that joke. I'm tired okay, of that joke. Let's sorry. move on. Let's All do right. the next... Okay, 1910. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh... Well, we don't have to do them all in order, do we? I mean, no, no, you know, because yeah. uh, I, I think, because uh, let's let's talk, uh, let's go backwards order then. What about nineteen nineties? Well, on. okay, so oh, it, man, it so is many. the nineties, and there's time for time clacks. for clacks. It's clacks. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I probably make a joke. Let's get serious here. Road rash. Road rash. Uh, Britney's dance beat. Ooh. Road rash is not a bad idea. So yeah, we're like talking nineties in general, not ninety yes. in video games. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Um, but I think Grand Theft Auto also helps with the, Oh, you know what? Maybe Crazy Taxi, because in addition to being a very nineties feeling video game, it's got all that awful music. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, and all the corporate sponsorships of like yes. fast yeah. food chains back when that was mm-hmm. something that would mm-hmm. be okay. Not in the Japanese version though. Ugh. Lame. There's, there's I, I, no Japanese yeah, version. Let, let's, count, let's count Crazy Taxi anyway and move backwards. I would say that Panzer Dragoon, the entire series, uh, feels like the 1920s to me for whatever reason. Uh, I, I have an alternative for the 20s. Let's yeah. hear it. Uh, I, I think it's Bubsy 3D because it's like this time of like raging excess followed by like sobering prohibition. <laughs> there's been all of these great mascots and then suddenly we're faced with like looking into the abyss and the is like the abyss looks back and it has cat fur and I'm allergic to it and I just want to die. What right. about Earthworm Jim 3D? Oh. That one's pretty bad as well. I kind of like that Bubsy 3D idea. Right. Bubsy 3D is pretty good. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking that the 1920s uh, I mean I guess uh Panzer Dragoon could be the uh, the the nineteen thirties, mm-hmm. early thirties uh, kind of silent films. Yeah, could be. Yeah, because I like the. I mean, but then I also kind of like Shadow of the Colossus for that sort of ex, you know, that kind of art. But I guess that's not the totality of world culture at that time. Right. I'm gonna go for uh, uh, Pokemon the series as the fifties. Why, so that, why is that? Because of the, the, weird, the squeaky like, clean happiness. You don't oh, want to yeah. say Earthbound for the 50s? Yeah. Well, I did, but I don't know. We talk about that all the time. It's yeah, the best but, game ever. It's not that bad. But I think it also and is And also it's too to, direct. You know, like it's too directly like this is obviously modeled after... And know, it's, actu- it's actually not. It's, it's more uh, apparently modeled after the 70s. Oh. The 50s is what, uh, what uh, I have read. In various places, Pokemon still feels. Oh, Pokemon is, seems squeakier, squeaky cleaner, I guess, than than Earthbound to me. It's, yeah, it it's feels more limiting. It's 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 that like when you're watching Leave It to Beaver and like you feel like there's something really hideous sort of behind the curtain, but nobody's allowed to know about it. Right. Like, yeah. That, that's then kind in, of how in I Pokemon, feel about Pokemon. In the newer Pokemon's, there's like the Pokemon Liberation League, like people saying that it's it's. Inhumane to have Pokemon as your servants. Did they start so, doing that? Really? Yeah, in uh, the the Half black and problem. white ones. They huh. they never really committed to the premise. Yeah, they didn't, but uh, they they introduced it. Mm-hmm. They popped it out there. So, as a hero, do you prove them wrong and say it's okay to enslave these animals? Yeah, because you, you don't ins- <laughs> because you don't enslave them. You develop a bond with them. It's about love. Oh. It's husbandry. It's yes. animal husbandry. There you go. Yeah, it's it's like it's like husbandry. a a, a dom sub 
relationship. <laughs> sure, is what okay. it is. Pretty, I like uh, it. Uh, what? How about the seventies? Uh, the sixties? The fifties? Yeah, those, those are decades. That Guitar yeah. Hero or yeah. rock band The Beatles is the nineteen sixties. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's terrible. Yeah, that's a cop out. It is a huge cop out. I think SimCity is the eighties because it was like this false delusion of the liberal yeah. society, but really it's built on like wild conservatism of just spending absurd amounts of money. Oh, I <laughs> like no that. Yeah. Of anyone. Yeah, that I like that answer. Right. It's good. And also putting all the poor people in like one area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, totally, that, that's totally eighties. Good old eighties. So um, what, what? What's prohibition era? That's then, the thirties. Bioshock. Well, no, I mean in games. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Well, but, didn't didn't Chris Plant? Yeah, Bubsy is that part already? of that because prohibition is what twenty. Yeah, I, I know, but it, I don't get a prohibition thing out of the Bubsy. Well, oh. I, I see it. I see. It. How Whatever. about Whatever. How, I mean, the forties are uh, the obvious answer is the Call of Duty. Call of Duty, oh, yeah. World at War. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's probably Call of Duty Two. Mm-hmm. Call of say. Duty Two is pretty good. Uh, we're, over, we're over three. time, but I want to one-up this question. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. I'm having a real hard time with the 60s and 70s. I keep trying to yeah. think about them. And I, just... I, I like thinking about maybe a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta to capture the pop art feel of the 60s. Uh, it doesn't work for me. I mean, I don't Bayonetta feel like the pop art close, thing... Not really. I don't feel like the pop art thing was one of the pervasive deals. Like, I would I would say a culture of uh, of change and power of people was the 60s and then the mm-hmm. 70s was a realization that that's not true. Yeah, maybe Dyad for the 60s where it's this amazing experimental experience but it kind of ends with nothing. <laughs> like, the, you, you, you loop it and you're like, okay. Yeah, alright. Arch, Arch Rivals always struck me as a very 70s oh, yeah. feeling basketball game. Oh man, Arch Rivals is pretty tight. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. You know, going up, if, if Dyad is the 60s then Fez could be the '70s, where it's kind of like all atmosphere and and no real core to it. Also, in a desire to return to that nostalgia of the past, but not yeah. being able to recreate it because everything's changed. Yeah. And um, I liked yeah. it anyway, and I thought there was a lot of cool <laughs> stuff in the '70s, so like that still works for go. me at least. It right. passes the test. Yeah, I think that's everything but the tens now. Good. Fair enough. Oh yeah, the, the tens, tens, huh? Yeah. What happened in the dang tens? Nothing. I guess. Uh, those, those mafia games that came out. Well, what what about Paperboy? Could we put Paperboy in there? And you can put Paperboy somewhere. Go for it. Fine. Okay. No. I, don't have to. I don't have to put Paperboy in there. Fine. Paperboy sucks. It does that. <laughs> Moving on. Have you ever actually played that game? Yeah, yeah I didn't like. Moving on. What is the Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier of video games? Whoa. I don't wow. think we have anywhere That's nearly as cool anything nearly as cool no. as those two guys. But I mean it would probably be something it would it's in theory should be something like the the new Call of Duty versus Titanfall, right? Or something like that. Yeah. It's Marvel versus Capcom. Titanfall is definitely the Muhammad Ali of video games. Yeah, I but think like I, th- I think of this question as like that event. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, not, think, I'm not thinking of the people. I'm thinking of that specific fight. Oh, oh wait, I how know. about how about you know what um, you're talking about? How about Super Nintendo versus Genesis? Genesis does what Nintendo? Yeah. That's pretty good. How um, about Dennis Dyack versus the Canadian government? <laughs> because it's gonna drop him hard. <laughs> good old Dennis Dyack. That guy, huh? Double yeah. D. 
Yeah, the old double D. That guy's <laughs> that guy's a his his nightmare is probably far from over. I would say. Yeah. Um, am I am I right about that? I I think my I mean if he if he wants to continue doing work, which I presume he does, his nightmare may not be over yet. It is true. I think he has to. Uh, he's got to give up. You know, he's got to let <laughs> let the right one in. You know. Uh, I don't know what that means. Sounded pretty good though. Yeah. He's got to he's got to <laughs> stop trying to. Uh, he's got to get his groove back. He's gotta... Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's really got to get his groove back. Get into the swing of things. So, There's so much groove he has to get back at this point that it's pretty much like he's never had a groove. He's going to have to like start his own record company. If uh, we had someone who was really good at who was really into the fighting game scene on this show, then maybe they could cite a uh, particularly enthralling matchup. Uh, oh well, I mean, Daigo versus Justin Wong is basically that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's one that, that gets people linking on the YouTube a lot, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that it's that moment where you're you're totally sure that this up and coming guy is going to win using this new technique that nobody's seen before. This isn't how the um, the Muhammad Ali fight went down, but anyway, um, Justin Wong, he's got that. He 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 had developed his turtle style uh, with Chun Li, and had gotten Daigo down to a situation where all he had to do was hit him once, and uh, with with anything decent, and you could see that he was clearly trying to space out a, a place to do his super, and then Daigo, who seems to be Screwed is getting little hits on Justin Wong, ticking off little pieces of his life, and uh, as because Justin Wong is totally sure that he's got it in the bag, and then when Wong pulls out his super, Daigo yeah. uh, just defends every uh, all thirteen hits, including jumping up into the air to block two in the air, and then uh, during the brief period of vulnerability after that he he destroys Justin Wong and it's it's a it's a crazy moment where someone yeah. was being had too much hubris and too much uh too much uh, bravado and and they lost because of it wow it was a it's a really interesting match up it's a good video there. yeah so it's a pretty that's... good video to watch it's yeah. uh one that lots of people have probably seen mm-hmm. yep it's it's one And if you don't know what you're looking at, you're like, okay, it's a fighting game. <laughs> Actually, no, I think each other. No, I've, showed I, it, I've showed it to people with with just a little bit of the explanation, like just explaining what Daigo has to do to make it happen. Plus you hear all the cheers. Oh, that's what background. you need. No, you need the like he's blocking every like part of this combo. Yeah, yeah like, but you, just, you, it only takes a little bit because you don't have to understand yeah. the rest of the mechanics of the game. You only need right. to understand that little bit. And it's like it's like in in boxing. Totally. You you have to be like. By the way, they can't use their legs. They can't kick each other. And I don't know. Like, I oh, think okay. uh, as a as a little bit of uh, an aside here, uh, maybe if you've never seen the Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier fight, it's it's pretty easy to find it on YouTube, and it's something probably worth watching if you want to check that. It's out. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. 
watching it is way more exciting than listening to Brandon describe that Street Fighter match. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, so there, there's your homework, listeners. Uh, what, our final topic... So in other final... words, the answer to that last question was Mario and Sonic. So. Uh, yo, At the Olympic Games, yeah. No, yes, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Both Super of those, no. Brawl. More just Mario and Sonic. Yeah. All right. Um, our final topic before we proceed to the lightning round. On which topics would you trust Mario for advice? Plumbing? I'm um, wondering who Itza if you're wondering oh, yeah. who Itza, he's going to know who Itza. <laughs> Pizza. Wondering what let what, what we should do together. Like we should uh, go. Yeah, yeah, if we should if we should stay or go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mustache um, if, grooming. If you want to know how nice something is, he, yeah. uh, it's a so nice. Yeah. <laughs> the quantity of nice, yeah. The degree yeah. of niceness. In, in, de- in all dead seriousness. Uh, shaving as his face. Oh, See yeah. how, how full his mustache is, but how uh, hypodermically clean the rest of his face is. And you'll notice he's there's no like, stubble technique. around None the at all, yeah. Oh, yeah he's he's got some tech, uh, and he's got to be shaving like twice a day, so he has to really have it worked out. Yeah, that's true. Also, Probably I mean, is a straight razor. Theoretically plumbing, but we don't know that. Never, Never seen, seen him plumb. plumb. I'd say recreational him. drugs. I oh, my he's, he's probably my an expert on how to get high. Yeah, how, how, to, how to lose princesses. Have <laughs> you ever been to <laughs> a mall in job. the American Midwest? Uh, uh, <laughs> you, go to, you go to any any store that sells gifts or clothing. Where, wherever the Halloween store is, and if it's not during Halloween, it's full of T-shirts of, of Mario smoking weed. Yeah, it's true. In if, if you guys have ever seen this, have you ever seen those? Rasta bands? Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bart Simpson with a reggae hat on. I, I've seen those in um, in downtown Los Angeles in that that uh, Santee Alley place. They, you uh, haven't but, seen the the tip of the iceberg until you've been to yeah. uh, a, a, an American shopping mall in Indianapolis, Indiana, with a Long John Silver's yeah. outside, and then less than half a block away. An old Long John Silver's that's boarded up. If if that's what <laughs> I have to do, I'm uh, content with viewing a JPEG of the iceberg. Uh, t- t- no, you've got um, You've got to check it out. T- t- t-shirts have. with uh, Scooby Doo smoking a joint with the caption Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, None I've seen that. those. Man, people who do that, it's like, come on, you know. It's like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's a real thing. I'm not making that It is. Up. I know it's I a real know. thing. I've seen the it. The guy who created it has a house that's bigger than like all of our apartments combined. John Metric. That's what John Metric is the creator <laughs> of the show. That's, 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 that's how he got cash. It's all that do, <laughs> doobie-doo money. Oh, man. John Metric. John yep. Metric. So, so Mario... I mean, he, uh, like, as far as we know, has a plumber's license, right? Yeah. So... If I had a plumbing problem and I knew him personally, I'd probably call him. I guess we don't know if he's any good, but like he at least knows the basics. If I, I need, know. if I had a bunch of cockroaches in my house, I would ask Mario to stomp on them because he's apparently good at stomping on stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but he but might not like do the butt stomps. We're asking for advice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I don't know. I think I could turn advice into a favor if I tried. I'd probably be really well, you're good a persuasive friends with Mario gentleman. if he was real. Yeah. We would be like real. We'd be bros. 
You think you'd be closer with Mario or Luigi? Probably Mario, because Mario knows how to get stuff done, and Luigi's just kind of a goof, you know? Luigi, also, Luigi, Luigi jumps or John Leguizamo or Luigi? Well, John Leguizamo uh, or Luigi would definitely be my real-life bro. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have More you seen him in the past? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah but that's, that. that's not John Leguizamo Luigi, though. It's just John Leguizamo. Have you seen uh, John Leguizamo in Summer of Sam? No. He's okay in that. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I don't really I mean, like granted, Mario is playing a different character in every game, right? But, like, I don't. It's not Luigi. It's not John Leguizamo Luigi playing John Leguizamo in the past. Yeah. It's John Leguizamo. What was the deal with. Why, did, why was Bob Hoskins Mario? That's so creepy. Why not? Are you a racist? No, I mean, yeah. like, it's just, he was so old. The guy yeah. was, like, really old, and it's like, yeah. just because he has a mustache. I always wanted to ask Shigeru Miyamoto. A friend of mine was uh, interviewing him once, and he's not my friend anymore, part of, partially because of the events of this story, which are about to unfold. But he was interviewing Shigeru Miyamoto. He's like, hey, man, give me some questions to ask him. And I'm like, ask him how old Mario is. Right? This was like... <laughs> Back in 2002. And he's like, I'm not going to ask him that, man. And I'm like, why not? You know? Why aren't you going to ask him? Because I remember on the playground, people being like, Mario's like 50 years old, man. Sonic's cooler. Because Sonic's like us. Like, literally, a kid said that. Like, I'm not even making that up. I was, I was so some someone who had the opportunity to interview Shigeru Miyamoto was that kind of person. Not only interviewed Shigeru oh, Miyamoto. I'd say they're Shigeru mostly Miyamoto that for, kind of person. For you're right, several you're right. hours, for dozens of hours, for a really? book thing. Not a book. Was it a book? I don't know what it was. I was interviewing Miyamoto for a oh, thing. Uh, one thing I'd ask Unprecedented Mario. interview access. One, one thing I'd go to uh, Mario with advice for is uh, I'd show him a bunch of objects and ask him which of them are video games. What do you mean? Huh? As in, this is a game. A this ain't no game. Guys. This is a game. Oh, what's a game and what ain't no game? Yes, exactly. I, I have a question. Really Can I tell a story on your podcast that I decided I was not going to tell anywhere? But I yes! Have to tell it. And this seems like a great place to tell it. Let's hear it. We've yes. got hundreds okay. of listeners. This, so. is, this is the saddest what moment. Is, what does that sound? That's the that was a dramatic oh. story. That was a klaxon, oh. I guess. I like it. It's good. This is Go. the saddest moment of E3 2013. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's the final day. It's Friday. Everybody's that home. is sad. They've wow. they've packed up all their things, you know. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, and we're like, yeah. everybody's listening to Voice to Men. Um, we walk up this big hill from the uh, LA Convention Center to the Los Angeles Museum of Modern Art, and there's like an indie game party. All the mm-hmm. indie game people, oh, are I was all there. there, showing their wares. It's very cool, very cool party for the indie game friends. And who walks up with me? The Mr. Miyamoto himself. You mean Miyamoto-san. Yes, thank you. And, and, and boy, did everyone who was at that party make sure to say it just like that. Miyamoto-san! <laughs> so we're all walking upstairs, and they see him, and this is like their dad who went out for a pack of cigarettes a long time ago. Not only his comeback, but his comeback on the night of their big concert. Like, this is so great. They're going to get all the approval they've, they've been seeking and have not received. That is exactly and, what that scenario is, yes. And they're, they're pulling him up the stairs, like, trying to guide him, and he looks at them very confused. And some people run down, and they try to explain it to him, all of them testing out their Japanese. And then he looks at them, turns, goes downstairs, and goes to look at the real art. <laughs> oh, wow. He was oh, there for the God. museum. <laughs> and the look on everyone's face, it was, it was a tragedy.
I mean, he, he could not have been crueler. It was literally their dad slowed down the car and like saw the son. It was like, oh crap, and like stepped on the gas, just sped off and like ran over their toe. So Roger Ebert was right. I I, I don't think we can do a lightning round. I think we have to end there. We've got proof. We've got uh, proof that Ebert was right. Then that, yeah. that is proof. That's, that's the most proof we'll ever have. Right. Good old um, Ebert. Okay. Um. If it's all the same to you, I think we're gonna do one anyway because a I lightning round. Yeah, I'll do yeah. one. Sure. My body uh, is ready. We're go- uh, today. We're going to play Design by Title. Uh, this oh. is a game where I give you the title of something, and you have to uh, design a game based on the title alone. Oh, yeah, uh, this one's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the topic this week is documentaries. I took a whole bunch of famous documentaries, and uh, you're going to have to design a video game based off it, just using the title. Oh, man. Uh, we begin with Murderball. Murderball! That's a, I've seen that documentary. It's about wheelchair rugby. Uh, it is. I've seen uh, that, too. It would just basically be the kind of like the, the progression from Cyberball, Powerball, Mutant League Football. Yeah. That was exactly what I was going to say, except I wasn't going to say Mutant League Football. So there uh, you go. Yeah, well, Mutant League Football has some of the same production staff and designers as Powerball. Yeah. Grizzly Man. Oh, my God. Grizzly Heck Man's yeah. about a guy who puts on a bear suit and uh, <laughs> runs around the city trying to convince people he's a bear and that they should give him money for being a bear. By it's like a bear dead. suit, you mean he steps into a bear's mouth and is eaten alive? Yeah. <laughs> bear, <laughs> like as, lo- as long as his head is like inside the bear's head. <laughs> All right. Hoop dreams. What? Hoop dreams? Yes. Hoop James. I, I just, uh, to be perfectly honest, one of the games that I've been wanting to make my whole life is a Grand Theft Auto-style game that takes place in Chicago of 1994, where there's no violence. It's all just you're playing basketball and hanging out with people, and eventually you're in the NBA, and it would that would be the Hoop Dreams video game. And, right. and, and for me, it would just be uh, Wonder Momo, who uh, fights with hoops, and yeah. it looks totally like a dreamscape to me, so there and for me, it'd be uh, very similar to Nightmare Basketball on the Master System, where every level you're playing against, like, you know, one's werewolves and one's robots and stuff. Right. That's, that would be Hoop Nightmares. I would play that one, too. Yeah. I'd play Hoop Nightmares. <laughs> Jesus Camp. Oh, man. Uh, it would be a survival horror game. <laughs> so so with, with, Where with, instead like, of zombies, you're, you're a bunch of kids camping, and instead of zombies, it's, there's just Jesus is all over the place. He's risen again. So, but but the the fear is not that he's going to murder you. The fear Man, is that the, he's going he's gonna to catch you sinning. Right. The, old, the old EGM <laughs> advertisement slogan would be: Have you heard the bad news? He's risen. <laughs> yes, the aristocrats. <laughs> the aristocrats. Uh, Sid Meier's The Aristocrats. I was going to say, it's just civilization. Yeah. <laughs> Exit through the gift shop. It's about being a child and you're totally lost and you got to figure out how to escape from a mall. I was going to say, it was like an escape the room. It's an escape the room game, but you're in a gift shop and there's no way out. Do you want to know how you know somebody's not smart is they like that movie? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We... Hey, my, sis- my sister likes that movie, Tim. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, no, it's you're... better. Sorry, uh, you're sorry stuck in a muse- You're stuck in a museum after hours, and it's actually kind of an interesting puzzle game to get out of the museum that's locked up. Oh, I, I, I only, like that. The only way to get out is through the gift shop, and the, the hint is in the yeah. title. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? The next one is an inconvenient truth. 
it's just a video game about how much video games suck. I think it's just a video game that the further you go, the more it tells you how much you've been playing it. <laughs> nice. It's a video game where you, you it, it's like, well, your wife is your sister. What are you going to do about it now? Uh, so, oh, so, no, 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 it's a video I, game where it, it posts your uh, OkCupid profile every time you play it. I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess An Inconvenient Truth is basically a Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a thing, I guess. Sure. Alright. Uh, next is Taxi to the Dark Side. Taxi <laughs> to the Dark Side is the sequel <laughs> to Exit Through the Gift Shop. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's a version of Crazy Taxi, where you have to drive into the GHQ offices as they're closing and save the Dark Side <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. That, that's not bad. No, uh, not bad at all. Man on Wire. Man on Wire, oh, it's a game that uses the DualShock 3 to uh, balance as you walk along a wire that's uh, like like 16 hours of gameplay long, and you just have to do this, and uh, if you if you get to the end, you get a platinum trophy. So it's the new uh, desert bus. Yeah, it's for there, all the kids. There was a uh, like a, a game that uh, I forget who was talking about wanting to make it. Was it Keita Takahashi? I forget about. Um... It wasn't that he wanted to make it. It was that uh, it was his. Fa- someone asked him what his favorite game was, and it was that. And it was just something that was shown at E3 once, and then never came out. Oh yeah, so it was about a, a, a girl who had an umbrella and ran around on telephone lines, and it sounded great. So it would be that, except I guess with a boy. God, I want to play that so bad. The code. I like mine better. Shut up. The coat. The cove. The cove. Is it the sequel to the cave? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Next, uh, searching for Sugar Man. <laughs> oh well, it's a game where you're a guy who's uh, looking for a guy. Oh, it's, it's, a, it it's, a, it's a detective murder mystery in Candyland. Yeah. There you go. You know how there was those like the Mortal Kombat anthology Sub Zero edition. Yeah. I remember that. Sugar Man is going to be the next Pokemon, and this is the lead up prequel. <laughs> and you have to find Sugar Man. I don't know. <laughs> so that he's in the game. Sure. And finally, the Eleanor Roosevelt story. Oh man. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, games a, it's a. It's a first person shooter. <laughs> yeah, uh, of it's got a lot of explosions and blood, and it's got really sweet multiplayer. <laughs> All right, can good. I play as FDR in that game? Yeah, That's and cool. uh, and Kennedy, and okay. uh, and also Richard Garriott. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I I feel like that was a little weak. You could try again. You're what? a little weak. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Really... I don't. I don't. Okay, fine. Brawler, where you play as Zona Rosa, is that better? A little. Okay. No, it's not. All right. I don't know what. That that one was too straight. It's hard to. It's hard to like do a thing with a thing that's like, oh, it's a person and it's a story about them. It's like, well. I just watched the documentary The Thin Blue Line the other day. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the sequel to Man on the Wire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I was hoping yeah. that one would come. No, out. I specifically didn't put that one on because I it sounds it sounds like you put you you picked these all yeah. from Netflix. So the uh, I was like, the, thin, the thin blue line thin blue line is about the search for the perfect ballpoint pen. Yes, <laughs> yes. I like Treyarch's uh, yearly update better though. The thin red line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. nice. 
this has been episode 50 of the... Episode 50. Uh, insert Credit Podcast. I'd like to thank uh, Polygon's Chris Plant for joining us uh, this is week. It, wait, is it is it actually plant or was yeah, it Yeah, like a shrub, like a plant. Not, it's yeah. not planty? No. You might want to consider changing it. I'm pretty sure I'm okay with a shrub. Yeah. Nah. Right. So now. Right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, you can uh, stay in touch with us by uh, joining our Facebook group, facebook.com slash icpodcast. Uh, we're all on the Twitters. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Um, everybody say your Twitters, not at once. Uh, at number 108. Or no, at, not, like, not the numbers. Are. Well, I mean, no, that's, oh, I'm trying to describe it. Uh, if, if I had never had the handle with the word number 108, I would have just said the number 108. Like the numbers 1, 0, and 8, just those three digits. Yeah. My Twitter. I'm at Frank Spaulding. Uh CT Plant with an E. Yeah, okay. Wait. We, just talked, we talked over each other and I didn't sorry. even say mine right. It's not Plant E. So it's, and this is good. podcasting, yeah. All right. Here we did it. Is that it? Yep. Did we lose Jaffy? Jaffy's dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's probably dead. It's okay. Podcast over, yeah!